now. We need a hit, so here I go. Ball one. Ball two. Strike one. Strike two. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome to episode 76 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your titular Stace, and I will be guiding you through, you know, like roughly a month's worth of pop culture since the last time I did a words into a mic. And joining me this month are the hosts of the rather chuffing brilliant Hello Newman, another Seinfeld podcast podcast. It's the delightful James Gilly. Uh, hello, I'm James, and I like dog memes and cake. <laughs> And the equally delightful Steve Bishop. Hello there, I'm Steve, and I like um, uh, some general things. I I can't think of anything better. (laughs) Better than cake or... (laughs) General things. You know, things in general. I like generals. I prefer prefer admirals. Very good. Oh, dear. I um, don't understand uh, military terms, so I'm going to gloss right on over that. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really well. I'm delighted to be talking to you, Stacey. I thought this was a moment, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to like be too inside baseball here. I don't want to shine light upon magic, but there was a there was a time in my life I thought I'd never get to speak to you again. <laughs> yeah, this has been a long time coming, hasn't it? This episode. <laughs> it's, it's been bloody epic, to be honest with you. Most of which I have to say is on me. I I have been the chief counsellor, um, well, so I, I hold my hands up. You say that, that but. Your reasons are a lot more legitimate than the one time that I said, James, I can't talk to you. I've eaten too much and I've got the shits. So, <laughs> I, Yeah, I know. But I tell you what, I've been podcasting for a while and I don't think I'd ever want to be um, like pooing to death during a podcast. It's going to affect your performance, isn't it? That was uh, one of my biggest concerns about the 24-hour mm. podcast because I just thought I only have to eat yeah. one slightly awry thing and I'm done. <laughs> See, now it's coffee, just... it's coffee for me with those sort of things because the problem is, right, it's like it's not even the pooing yourself. It's the bit where you're trying not to poo and, and it mm-hmm. just it takes up every every atom of your being to tighten that sphincter and, mm. and not do the poo. So it's impossible to move or indeed yeah. talk. So, you know, you can't perform when you need to do a, a, a whoopsie. No, I had an experience recently where I was ha- I was suffering from a bit of IBS stomach uh, on the bus home from work. And I was genuinely trying to think of like places where I could shit that weren't my own house if I couldn't make it all the way home. And unfortunately, I'd gone past, I'd gone past the point of being able to stop anywhere to poo. And so it was literally just a case of how quickly can you get home and up the stairs and take your leggings and pants down because it, it and it was real close, guys, real close, <laughs> Qu- closer than I'd care to admit on were a podcast. Doing, were you doing that like that speed runner walk where you sort of, you lift yourself up because you because you're clenching so hard it just lifts your whole body up. Yeah, and also, but you're trying not to move your legs very much at all for fear of leakage. Anyway, hey, (laughs) it's nice to have you guys in the parlour and immediately start talking about poo. But let's instead talk about (laughs) not poo things, such as your lovely podcast, Hello Newman. So I have a question for you both. You can can fight amongst yourselves over who gets to answer it. Uh, Why are Seinfeld podcasts now? (laughs) 
Steve, would you like to answer that or should I? <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> from my perspective, the reason why now is the perfect time to make uh, a podcast um, about Seinfeld. Well, there are two reasons that I can think of. Number one is that, um, and this is quite a straightforward and simple point that we can address, is, is number one, James asked if I would like to join him <laughs> on doing a Seinfeld <laughs> podcast, and I said yes. Uh, and the second reason is it um, became very convenient for us both to be able to do it because it popped up on Amazon Prime in the UK. So from my perspective, it made it very easy to start watching uh, Seinfeld uh, properly. Um, and I was actually thinking about doing it when it uh, cropped up on Amazon anyway. So I was thinking, well, you know, I, I, I saw this back in, in the 90s when it aired on BBC Two and I didn't really think it was all that much. Maybe I'll uh, start watching it again now and, and see if I missed anything. And that, that kind of coincided with James asking, actually. So um, I could, from, from my perspective, it's easy because it wasn't really my idea. It was a little <laughs> bit of happenstance, I think, more than anything. James? I don't know. I like doing a podcast, didn't it? I've been wanting to do one for a while. Uh, I've, I, I got, um, as I, as I don't want to sound like our intro, but, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I used to, I used to have a job. Oh, I'm James. <laughs> hello, Newman. Um, I, you, you wouldn't seriously, the, the hello Newman part of our intro, that was about take 10. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I used to, used to watch it back in, back in, I think they call it the day. When I used to be a chef, so I used to get home late. Um, so I'd put the TV on and like, uh, BBC Two had Seinfeld and Larry Sanders as a double bill. So I got into it then, but it was hard to sort of keep track of the seasons because I'm pretty sure it got played out of order and I didn't always make it home in time to see it. Um, stuff like that. The DVD started coming out in the, like, right at the end of nineties, turn of the millennium time. So started buying. The DVDs, and I think I think for about ten years thereafter, Seinfeld was on pretty much constant rotation at bedtime. Mm-hmm. So um, I've I've been a fan for a very long time. Obviously, I podcast. It's something I kind of wanted to do a podcast about because it's something I feel quite evangelical about. Something I love. You know, I still think it's the best sitcom of all time. And um, it was kind of, uh, I knew Steve hadn't really watched it avidly. And I thought, well, that might work quite nicely. You know, Steve's a relative newcomer or a, a new man, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then what became really lovely about it, because I think we've recorded, my God, we've got, we're about 40 episodes in as far as our recording schedule goes. Uh, yeah, I think we've done yeah. 38. Yeah. And, recorded, and, not released. Yes. Um, and again, without, because we, we record a couple of, uh, each time we, we, we meet up, we can record a couple. So in terms of being uh, an anxious podcaster, and, and there's other podcasts I do at the moment, I'm not very good at committing to because I'm really bad at keeping a, a weekly schedule. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really nice doing a podcast where you can bank a couple of episodes per session and, and you build up this really big buffer. So if you have a, give a bit of a problem and you can't record, you've got a buffer there. That is not a reason uh, in of itself, though. <laughs> that is just a happy consequence. Um, but but the other the other really great thing about it is um, I get to sit down, like, because it'll be a Tuesday evening. Again, I don't know where you need to know that. That's an unnecessary piece of detail. All the secrets. Yeah. Um, but I get to sit down with my buddy and watch Seinfeld for <laughs> a couple of hours, which is uh, really lovely. So... 
yeah, it's good. And we, we thought, why not? Let's, let's completely, um, make a completely unnecessary podcast, uh, <laughs> just, just for our pleasure alone. Yes. Not to be mean to myself and other people, but most podcasts are fairly unnecessary. Well, <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, uh, there, there's certainly, I've done a few over the years and I can't think of any that you could really fairly call vital. Do you want to hear an interesting space fact? Well, whether or not it's interesting is uh, is up to you guys, I guess. But, um, I demand to know an interesting space fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this month, I will have been podcasting in some way, shape or form for 10 years. Shut the front door. I know. <laughs> I don't feel old enough to have 10 years worth of anything under my wow. belt, so I'm quite shocked at that. You it's, were really uh, early in, weren't you? I was. Uh, I, I still haven't gotten very good at it. <laughs> Oh, contraire. I, I, had, think, um, I think you're a master of the art, Stacey. <laughs> I had a message the other day from like a new podcasty platform that was like, hey, we'd love to like link up with really successful podcasters to talk about strategy and how to get oh, and keep listeners. Would. And I was like, oh, if you find any, will you let me know? Because <laughs> <laughs> hey! I haven't got a fucking clue, mate. I just ramble into a microphone and hope that people don't hate it. I'm going to say, you know, Nooch, though, didn't you? Didn't you put, put them this way? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have really. I do know quite a yeah. lot of people who are, like, better at podcasting, but uh, I might do that. Well done. Hey, I want to ask you a Seinfeld-based question before mm. we slither on to other topics. Okay. What's your favourite Seinfeld episode? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, I could be cliched. I could say the contest because mm. that's, that's one that, Yeah, because that, that is one that people tend to tend to go to I, I i can't remember the name of the episode where um steinbrenner demands that george gets him uh, a calzone but but certainly episodes with steinbrenner in are particular favorites i don't want to spoil too much for steve because he's only on season three um oh. uh so uh, i'll tell you what i'll tell you my favorite of season three and that's the subway it um, is good, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the one where um, they it's one of the first ones where they all go off their their four separate ways. Um, mm-hmm. So Kramer goes to a betting shop. Um, Jerry's off to Coney Island. Uh, George gets taken to a hotel by a mysterious woman, uh, and Elaine <laughs> gets stuck on uh, Elaine gets stuck on the subway. And it, it's like the first proper example of all four characters going off and having proper adventures on their own, and and, and then the the show sort of coalescing together at the end. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also very very funny. So season three, what we've seen so far, the subway is my favourite. But yeah, probably the contest in terms of a an episode. But you know, anything the Steinbrenner in later on mm-hmm. absolutely kills me. And Peterson as well, Elaine's Elaine's boss later on, they, he slays me as a character. How about you, Steve? Yeah, it's, it, it's an interesting one for me because I, I I'm not going much, but well, I'm not going any further than the episodes that uh, that that we discuss and record on the podcast, which is good in terms of authenticity but bad in terms of answering your question hmm. um, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, i would I, I i mean i would i would join um james in on, on the subway in so far that that really is a fantastically put together 22 23 minutes of sitcom action it, it it's very well written and it serves all the characters very well and it's just so fast and whip smart but there's there's something I quite like in the boyfriend as well, not because it's a two parter, but just the just the idea of and it was something I think that they'd hinted at earlier on in the season as well. It's like how do you how do you dump a friend or how mm. do you you know break up with someone that you're not all that sure about? 
And uh, the boyfriend spends uh, spends lots of time having fun with that idea, so I quite like that too. Mm-hmm. Can I can I also add um, the the Bubble Boy for a special mention? I forgot that, but I love the Bubble Boy, which Steve has got coming up quite soon. Oh, wow. Have you? Because I'm not very good at remembering titles of things or the order in which mm. they came. And also, I'm I'm really due like a, a rewatch of Seinfeld because I haven't seen yeah. it for ages. I watched the contest in prep for this episode, and I was like, <laughs> Haha, I love that episode. Have you got as far as the muffin tops yet, or is that really... No. Oh. Top of the muffin to you! <laughs> Top of the muffin to you! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Seinfeld. I'm definitely oh, going to have to rewatch it. Mm. Rich is currently rewatching a show that I have never seen before called News Radio that I'm just discovering is really funny. So oh, there's a I'm little fact for you. It's got... Who's the beautiful lady from ER? Maura Tierney. It's got her in it. And um, a, a man. Oh, God. Phil Hartman's in it. And a man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the name of the main dude, but I can remember, like, all the dudes around him. Like, Joe Rogan's in it, and Andy Dick's in it, and um, Phil Hartman's in it. But I can't remember oh. the main guy, and that's going to drive me mad. Poor Phil Hartman. It's a, such a such oh. a sad story. Isn't it, though? He's got yeah. such a good voice. Oh, yeah. Like, such a good voice. Well, not anymore. Well, I mean, he did. I mm. mean, maybe he still does. We don't know what's out there. Hey, I thought there was a ghost in my house the other day. <laughs> oh, oh, go on. Oh, I almost stood a poo in my pants. So picture this, if hmm. you will. Right. You have to envision the bottom floor of my house, which is essentially a weird U-shape. I don't know why, but whoever owned the house before us got rid of the door that goes from the living room to the hallway. So now, when you walk in the front door, you're at the bottom of the stairs and there's a little hallway and you have to walk into the kitchen and then go through the kitchen and then come back on yourself to get into the living room. So it's like a little U-shape. And I'm sitting in the living room on my own. Rich is out. The heating's not on. The windows are closed. Nothing's happening. And completely appropriate of nothing, a magnet pops off the fridge. And I don't mean it, like, slithered down the fridge because it was a bit heavy and sank sadly to the floor. I mean, it literally plonk onto the floor, and I was like, oh, God, a ghost. (laughs) The worst part is is that I don't believe in ghosts, but I was legit scared of going into the kitchen because I couldn't think of a rational reason why a magnet might just stop working. (laughs) No, I think that's normal. I I tell you what I get all the time, right? Our kitchen, we haven't got a curtain for our kitchen window or the door. And um, I I have quite a lot of insomnia these days, so I'm quite often up in the middle of the night, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And I like to perch myself up on the on the side with my back to the window. Yeah. And and just from time to time, like especially if I'm reading about I don't know Friday the thirteenth or something, I, I get this thing where I can't turn around and look at the window because I'm absolutely convinced that there's going to be a, a mad dude in a mask. <laughs> Standing at my window, and I know there isn't going to be a mad dude stood with a but I can't do it. I get all scared, Stacey. It's not nice. (laughs) Me too. too. I mean, if it makes everybody feel a bit better, um, I didn't get murdered by a ghost, and I'm not talking to you from beyond the grave. What actually happened was, um, the decorative part of the magnet detached itself from the actual magnet part of the magnet and fell on the ground. So, (laughs) so what we're talking about is a consequence of natural wear and tear. Yeah, so essentially it was a bit of a glue failure uh, from years of ownership of said magnet. So I felt pretty silly because I was texting my friends. I was like, hey, is there any scientific reason why a magnet might just be more help me? I'm going to get killed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Were you worried that the fridge had depolarised it? It's a Star Trek thing, probably. <laughs> no, I was like, the thing was, I was frantically Googling uh, whether magnets can just become demagnetised. And, <laughs> and, and it was like... Yeah, the battery ran out and they just go I know, well, it was, it, essentially, it was like, oh, in like super hot heat or like if you jiggle a bunch of magnets together or like, and I was thinking, none of these are things that happen into my fridge. And I was, <laughs> I was getting really antsy about it. And it, honestly, you should have seen me. It was like a scene from a horror movie. The way I tippity-toed up to that magnet on the floor to see what happened. <laughs> With the flipping yeah. torch on my phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Because it's October, you see, yeah, so I'm mean, spooked. Yeah. Bloody October. Exactly. Well, this is the, this is the time, uh, time of year for uh, deranged psycho killers, isn't it? So, you know, you're just taking sensible precautions. It wasn't on Friday, was it? Because it was Friday the 13th recently. Oh, no, it was actually on Sunday. If it was Friday the 13th, I think oh. I'd have just burnt the house down. <laughs> Sunday the 15th, the most terrifying oh, of all Sunday. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, surely yeah. it follows. <sighs> Just, I'm an idiot, that's the moral of that story. No, that would freak me out as well, to be honest with you. I'm completely like that. I, I like to think I'm an intentionally rational, <laughs> intentionally rational human being. But, oh, no, I get spooked all the time. I, <clears throat> I used to remember, like, um, when I was a, a teenager um, and I'd been out um, uh, uh, rousting about with my friends um, but the way home was past the church, down an unlit path. Ooh. Yeah, I always ran down that path. <laughs> always ran, always, because they can't get me if I run. There was a bit of my journey, when I used to live with my nan and granddad, like their house used to back onto what was essentially a big nature reserve. So we'd often get like bats mm. and stuff uh, flying around. And uh, <laughs> God, I'm going to come off like such a wuss. Uh, I, I was coming back from the cinema having seen Batman Begins, and um, I got swamped by a bat. That's spooky, man. And I was like, the scarecrow's going to get me! And I was like, that, that, screaming. No, that film's legit terrifying. Mm. No one ever talks about how terrifying that film it's, is. It's, it's, it's all about razzle ghoul in most people's heads, mm. but it's bloody scary. Oh, that's a, did, Do you know what got me more than anything else? It was what the scarecrow saw in Batman when he had the fear gas oh, situation yeah. happening. I was like, no, no, I'm not having that. Batman's a good guy. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, oh, he's not though, really, is he? I mean, he's like these. Uh, he's like these paedophile uh, vigilantes, isn't he? <laughs> they go too far sometimes. I beg your pardon. I don't know. It's just something I read. Just something I read in the local news. We've got one of them down this way. One of these paedophile hunters. Oh, and I thought you meant a vigilante a lo- that was a paedophile. <laughs> no, but there's a there's a comic that hasn't yet been. I tell you what, I'm right. Mark Miller up to you. I'm writing my pitch to me just for sake. Oh, dear me. Well, this took a turn. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. I'll let you off. I took it to, like, Scary Spookyville uh, with my haunted house stories. Um, and, I, and I took it to Peterville. <laughs> which is equally as spooky, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Depends how old you are. <laughs> I've got a very young face. So you know, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> oh, like I was in, uh, I was in a Costa on a on a campus the other day, and she was like, "Hey, have you got a student discount card?" And I was like, "I fucking love you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Stacey, am I allowed to ask your question on your on your podcast? I mean, you can, but whether or not I answer it is an entirely different matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair enough. But I, I feel like you're, I don't know if you, you want to talk about this on your podcast, but I feel all, all overall talking to you because you're a celebrity. Because <laughs> I was looking on the, 
Oh, it was it was nice. I was having a I was having a pleasant day. I was having a pleasant day, and I was checking uh, the BBC News app. You know, as you do, because mm-hmm. uh, it's I've got I don't know about you, but I've got a little um, OCD cycle I go through. Yeah. So it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, BBC News, BBC Sport, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. BBC News, BBC Sport, and so on and so on and so forth all day long until I find I find a little bit sick because nothing's updating anymore. Yeah. So there's nothing new to look at, and I don't really know what to do it myself. But I was scrolling through the BBC News app, and your face was there, Whoa. and I've never been so delighted in my life. Oh, my delight. It said, I murdered a badger, and I don't care what you think about it. I don't know why you did that, but it was nice seeing your... Your face. Yeah, I thought it was nice of the BBC to publish that story, really, because I just phoned them up and told them I'd killed yeah. the badger and didn't care what you thought about it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah. news. That, that came. Well, it's part of their cycle of badger killer season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, that was really weird that day because um, I knew they were doing the article because the article was actually a transcript of an interview that I'd done for Radio 4 a couple of weeks before about asexuality. But the interview that they'd mm. done, because they were doing interviews with lots of other people, they only got about sort of three minutes worth of space in there. So they contacted me afterwards because they apparently got inundated with replies, like, I can't believe you're talking about, I'm crying. And so I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's that's kind of overwhelming. And so they got in touch to see if they want, if I was happy for them to like transcribe it and put it out as an article. And then... Um, because I'm a naive idiot, I didn't even think twice. I was like, yeah, sure, do you want to stick a selfie on it? And uh, just throw a photograph of me Brilliant. at them. And then uh, the instant I got that, because you were the first person to notice it on the BBC and mm. do a Facebook about it, the instant that happened, I was like, oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> like, I, had a, I had a proper, like, oh, no, thousands of people on the internet are going to think I'm a weirdo. Uh, but apparently it was a really popular article. It was in, like, their top mm. ten red articles for the whole day which is insane and mm. uh yeah i mean the, the nice thing about it was because it was really overwhelming for a few days afterwards but the nice thing about it was that i had most of the responses that i had to it were very nice <laughs> there, yeah. there, there were the odd so they should be. yeah i mean there was the odd asshole like it was mostly on twitter i found which is really i found that quite interesting actually because nobody bothered to like yeah. seek me out on facebook even though i'd mentioned in the article that I was in a Facebook group for asexuals. But Twitter was the place where people decided to come along and tell me what a, a self-obsessed knobhead uh, that ought to get. Wow. Yeah, I mean, my favourite comment was, uh, your husband ought to tie you down and rape you to fix you. And I was like, oh, you've oh. got problems. You've got so many problems. Yeah. I don't even know how to address I don't it. think that works like that. Well, no, I'm pretty Oh, popular. man, I'd, I'd people are awesome. even less then. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. I'm, you know... Not to, and there was also a bunch of people who assumed that um, the only way a man could be happy with a sexless relationship would be if he was related to me and just hadn't told me about it, which was weird. Oh, yeah, that is <laughs> the odd. Internet's a strange, strange place. But I did get a message about a week later from somebody who was like, "Hey, uh, I read your article, and um, I think you might have changed my entire life. So thanks for that." And sent me like a big long oh. message about how great I am, and I did a little cry. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, you are great, though, and I, I have to say, I'm, 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 I'm very proud to count you as a friend because I, I, I thought what you did was it is brave, talking about it, but it was such a such an interesting and articulate article as well. I, I really liked. Oh, it. thank you. I, you said about me posting it on Facebook, and I, <laughs> I had an instant guilt meltdown. <laughs> 
because I posted it. So I was so chuffed. So oh, that's my mate Stacy. She's oh, brilliant. This is really great. I want to tell people how great I think Stacy is on Facebook. That's not my news to spread, is it? <laughs> that she's on BBC News. And so instantly I aming you, going, oh my god, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to break your news for you. I mean, the thing is, you actually did me a huge favour because I'd spent most of the morning going, oh god, do I want to share this? Is this is this too much information for everybody? Am I going to get judged? Is this just the worst idea I've ever had? But um, I think I'd have I'd have had a job trying to bury it. To be honest, it was quite popular. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was great. What a weird week that was. And you know, those those people on Facebook they're just they're just they're just people that have been indoctrinated into a binary way of thinking. Mm. They don't like it when people try and knock them out of their safe little bubbles. What was gonna? And it's good for you for pricking their bubbles. Yeah. What was what was quite nice is there was one. There was one single Twitter person, because I'd already decided that I wasn't going to respond to any comments from strangers, like regardless of whether they were good mm. or bad, because I thought, you know what, you're a complete stranger, I don't have to justify myself to you, so yeah. shut your face. But there was one person who's like clearly an asexual as well, who was just responding to every shitty comment, like just defending my honour, and I was like, oh, oh, I don't even know you, that's so sweet. That's really oh, sweet. Uh, my favourite comment of which yeah. was when um, somebody had commented on the BBC's Twitter that there were more important things going on in the world than an asexual not wanting to have any sex. And then this other person had replied, oh, I'm glad you took the time to tell us that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, brilliant. Oh, is that? Good, because, you know, I'm glad you told me that because all I care... Oh, God, it's done it again. Because um, all I care about now is asexuality, and I don't care about all of the other things yeah, in the world. I can world. only care so about. Thank God you've not me. I can absolutely only yeah. care about one thing at a time. So mm. just stop having multiple problems, universe. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Oh, the, the sad thing was though, they cut a really big thing out because I'd the interview that I did was like well over half an hour long, and I had a big, really long rant yeah. about um, asexuality in the media. Because yeah. I'd done a bit, this is going to sound so pathetic, but I'd done a little wee bit of research when um, a friend of mine tried to argue with me once that uh, media doesn't perpetuate the idea of straightness and the idea that men and women can only exist together in a mutual bid to get into each other's <laughs> pants. And I was like, have you ever watched mm-hmm. TV, you bint? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I did a little, a little wee spot of research about you might have heard of it a little tv show called friends and um and yeah. in my research like aside from the fact that okay here's what i did this is really pathetic and you've got you're all gonna mock me <laughs> i went through the first series of friends which is supposed to be roughly a year in right. human mm-hmm. times and i counted every sort of sexual encounter that a friend had so i was considering that to be a date a kiss a shag or a breakup because that all implies that you're in a relationship with somebody. And I counted those, mm-hmm. and every every single friend had more than five of those in a year. Chandler, who right. is supposedly the shittest friend at getting laid, had eight. And throughout the entire ten series, every single friend has kissed the other friends, including Ross and Monica, who are brother and sister. Oh, wow. In fact. And so, yeah, I closed my casebook on I that d- one, like, ha-ha. <laughs> I don't remember the one where they do some incest, but I. Uh, um, I think it was like. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it. Was in a, it was in a flashback episode where you find out that Ross's mm. first kiss with Rachel 
that he thought she was mm. buried under a pile of coats was actually just Monica and she was the pile of coats. Oh, yeah. Um, I do remember that episode now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all watched it. But this is why I love Seinfeld, because <laughs> attitudes, toward, attitudes towards relationships actually are probably more um, reflective of people with uh, a non-asexual uh, sexual drive. Uh, but it's not all necessarily. Um, I don't. I don't really know how to. I, we we compare it a lot to the attitudes in Cheers towards sex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whereas Seinfeld treated it as something that people gen, genuinely do. It's a, it tends to be a part of their life, rather than something a man does to a woman. So I guess in the 90s, sort of what was different about, and I guess about Friends to a lesser extent, was the fact that a lot of these relationships aren't necessarily about what a man does to a woman. So it it was changing slightly. Although I think I'm totally missing your point, aren't I? (laughs) I mean, the the point of the the conversation I had with the Radio 4 guy was essentially just that basically BoJack Horseman Series 4 is the best thing in the history of the world because it has... An asexual being yeah. openly ace in it, and I did a little dance. Yeah, so good. Wasn't Eddie Met? Was, was it Eddie May you spoke to? Who was it you spoke to for PM? I forget. <gasps> oh, there's two of them on that show, aren't there? Well, Eddie May's the main, mm-hmm. the main presenter during the week, isn't he? And I forget. There's a lady that does it, and I, I've, it's annoying me because I'm uh, forgetting her name right now. Well, it was a dude, but it wasn't Eddie May. It was somebody else. Okay. I don't know. Um, but whoever they were, they were no, really I'm lovely. Totally but um, yeah, that was definitely a weird day of my life <laughs> good it's a good program I, I mean i listen to pm during the week every evening it's an excellent radio show so i shockingly yeah, enough, t- don't think i've listened to the radio since like podcasts became a thing <laughs> oh yeah and no, i'm, I'm oh, a bit of a radio four I, I, i'm generally locked into radio four between five and seven maybe i'll listen to the arches occasionally but i listen to more podcasts than i do radio now mm-hmm. but i just like spoken word i mean very rare it's I find it difficult. I'm really glad Netflix occurs, has occurred. Mm-hmm. It means I can watch television when I feel like watching television. Because yeah. mm. for the most part, it's off and I'm listening to something. I, I, I'm not very good at spending all evenings watching anything. I have to want to watch it and be motivated. It's I can't have the TV on as background very easily. Mm-hmm. It's not very interesting. I'm sorry. Have <laughs> I made you go to sleep? <laughs> no, sorry. I was just turning away from the mic to do a burp. <laughs> Brilliant. I've been uh, drinking tango, haven't I? And it was a mistake. Oh, oh have you been slapped by the tango man? Um, did y- yes. <laughs> I am um, slapped on the boat flange. I'm really worried you're too young to remember the tango no, man I, advert. I now. do actually. I think I'd repressed it because I remember him really scaring me. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. yeah, a lot of things, oh. a lot of things that shouldn't have scared me when I was a kid scared me, like ET, for example, which I still can't watch. Yeah, no, he. He's a creepy-looking dude, though, isn't he? I mean, he really is, and he makes the weirdest noises, mm. and he's got a light-up finger, and he hides in kids' closets, and I'm just not having that. <laughs> I'm just not, yeah, no. just not having yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's questions to be asked. I don't, I was in my 30s before I saw E.T. It's uh, the thing, I think the problem for me is that, aside from the fact that I cannot look at E.T. because he frightens me, the movie's not actually that mm. good. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it's not. And the <laughs> I, I, I'll let you into because uh, 82 when it came out I was 7 years old mm. Stacey and I had gone 
uh, it's an insight into the mind of a seven-year-old me. I'd gone on holiday for that Christmas to my grandparents who happen to live in uh, the country of New Zealand, which is a long drive. And it was Christmas. And I hadn't really heard of E.T. at that point. The marketing had escaped me. And I was given a number of E.T. colouring books uh, for my Christmas present because, you know, we were on the other side of the world. We had to fly home with anything I got for Christmas. And uh, me being the uh, spoiled, bratty little shit I am, was just I was really gutted that that's what I'd got. Um, so as a, as a result, I really resented and hated E.T., and that's why it took me uh, almost another 30 years <laughs> to uh, watch him in this stupid film. Yeah, it's not a good film. So it wasn't like um, the, the, the being in New Zealand. Uh, was that your first time in New Zealand? Was My it, only time. You, the first and only time yeah. uh, in, in New Zealand. Did you yeah. not think that when they gave you these colouring books that yeah. it wasn't anything to do with yeah. a globally marketed motion picture property? And you're just thinking to yourself, what is it about the people in New Zealand mm. traditionally handing yeah. uh, young children yeah. colouring books of a uh, naked lady and a naked old lady, yeah. wrinkly old lady with a wide face? Why, why, do, why do young <laughs> New Zealand children like to colour this stuff in? Well, to be honest with you, there was this group of ladies that my grand used to play uh, uh, Scrabble with on the beach. And a couple of them actually looked like that. So I thought, why is grand's mates in this book? <laughs> What what am I what am I doing? Yeah, no, ungrateful little shit. With it. I was just pissed off because my cousin had got a snorkel set, but then he lived out there, didn't he? So yeah, I don't think you can do much exciting snorkeling in the UK. Somebody will will we went on that because <laughs> this is the internet. We went we went snorkeling eventually. He and I in this little bay near where my grandparents lived, right? And we were having fun looking at the bottom of the looking at the bottom of the, the ocean, right? And uh, uh, we're splashing about, and uh, we look up. And um, our parents are waving at us on the beach. We're like, oh, that's nice, that's nice. And we, we stopped, we waved back, went back to snorkeling and swam about a little bit more and looked up and realised that everyone was on the beach and everyone was waving at us. Like, oh, that's, that's weird. I, I, only a couple of people out there know me. That's very strange. <laughs> Turns out um, there'd been a, a shark warning oh. in that bay. Oh, boy. They'd all got out of the water and left the two little kids in there. <laughs> Come in the water, you're an adult. Come in the water after the kids. <laughs> that's See, that's the 80s. That's the 80s for you. Oh, no, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, I was about to compare so, yeah, that to even... a story where my mum let me eat a slug because she didn't want to touch it to get it out of my mouth, but yours oh, is wow. much worse. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I got eaten by a shark, so, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very haunted podcast, this. Ooh, yeah, it's, all, it's Halloween, isn't it? Oh, spooky. Hey, speaking of, I've been yeah. watching a show. I don't know if either of you have been watching it. Uh, it's called Channel Zero. No. I said that no, with a question mark at the end uh, because not many people Does it come with one? seem to... No, it doesn't. But not many people... Okay, the reason I'm confused by it is because the series is trying to claim that this is the second half of series one. But series one happened last mm-hmm. October, and this is an entirely different story. <laughs> So, so I don't know what, I don't oh. know what they're doing, uh, but I like it. It's good. Last year, you may have seen terrifying pictures going around the internet of like a weird person made of teeth. Ugh. It was so disgusting. Um, and that was like one of the scary monsters from last series, Channel Zero. Basically what Channel Zero is, is mini-series based on creepypastas. All right. Creepypastas? Yes, creepypastas. Or pastas? Cre- no, creepypastas. Right. <laughs> Creepy spaghettis. That's, oh, that, now that has cleared it up. 
<laughs> I was just, I, I literally, as I was saying creepy pastas again, I thought, oh, I get his joke. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a bit slow this <laughs> evening. <laughs> That's gonna that's gonna be on my uh on my tombstone. Oh, oh yeah, I get his joke. <laughs> I've always preferred creepy antipasto myself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so last series was based on I don't remember the name of the creepy pasta, but the show was called Candle Cove and it was about it was about this creepy puppet kid show that only certain kids could remember. And then there was a tooth monster and some yeah. weird shit happened and I hated it, it was terrifying. Um I mean I hated it because it was brilliant but scary. Um, but this series is called The No End House, and I'm halfway through, and I don't know if I can cope. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, though, keep, keep watching, though, because the, uh, the Fuzili Jerry might be making an appearance at some point. That is a good point. That is a really good yeah. point. Oh, I'm going to look out for just random pasta. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, this series is it's called No End House, and it's about basically this bunch of kids get a message uh, on social media that's like, hey, uh, from a number that they don't know. So I don't know why they decided to take, you know, up on this idea, but hey, kids are stupid. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, uh, here's this creepy, creepy, creepy house. It's going to appear over here because it doesn't normally exist there, but we're just like moving this house around as a fun social media experiment. And if you can get through all of the six rooms in it without shitting a brick and exiting... Then you get like a prize. I think it's money. I forget how much. And so these kids are like, ooh, I like money. So they go in there. And then like a bunch of weird shit happens. <laughs> and I mean like nice. seriously weird shit. I was not happy by the end of the first episode because I was like, hey, can we watch something like super funny and lighthearted before we go to bed? Otherwise, I'm never sleeping again. Was it giving you a light sweat? I mean, it was a pretty heavy sweat, if I'm honest, but it is unseasonably ooh. warm. <laughs> so It is. <laughs> I tell you, it's a nightmare, Stacey. I'm on these tablets that make me prone to sweating. Plus, I'm a fat fella, and it's unseasonably warm and humid. Like, it's the humidity. Mm. So, I'm walking around, and I'm sweating my arse off. Yeah, me too. There's all these thin, fit people looking at me going, I've got a big coat on. What's wrong with you? It's it's horrible. Yeah, it's like the people in in my office who are driving me crazy, because we've... We've still got the aircon on because it's still warm, but people are just in this like October mindset. So there was a lady sitting yeah. opposite me today who was adamant she was so cold that she had to wear her coat and her gloves and a woolen hat while she worked. And I'm just oh. there in like a t-shirt and skirt, like get a grip, love, yeah. <laughs> the passive aggressive cold. I I hate people who are cold and passive aggressive with it. Put a jumper on. Yeah, I can't stop sweating. Put a jumper on. <laughs> Do you know, this is exactly what I said. And she said to me, can't you dress for the mm. office weather? And I said, I can't take any more clothes office off. Office weather? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you what, I'll sit here stark bollock naked <laughs> and you see how you like that. Because I'll tell you what, I bet you look better in a jumper than I do with my nips out. <laughs> well, this is the danger, you see, because I haven't worn a bra since February. So, you know... There's uh, there's uh, all sorts of like sexual harassment lawsuits waiting to happen if I start stripping off in the office. Can I ask a series of bra-related questions, Stacey? Yes, go ahead. Um, in the in the style of, uh, is it the bra salesman, the 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 Seinfeld episode I'm thinking of? Uh, is this a, a choice you've made um, for feminism, <laughs> uh, or a choice you've made for comfort, or option C, 
other? Um, it's kind of option B and C in the sense that it was okay. for comfort because I had a cyst on my back that was directly underneath my bra clasp. Oh, of course. And so when I had that removed, it was a bit like tender for a couple of weeks afterwards, so I mm. had to give up wearing a bra. And then I realised how yeah. like, super comfortable I was not wearing a bra, so I just stopped. Mm. <laughs> Do you know, I think you and I have had a conversation about this in the real world, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sorry that I didn't remember that piece of information. That's okay. I mean, I should. I probably shouldn't just tell everybody I meet about the fact that I'm not wearing a bra. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's probably it, well. I remember we, when we met some months ago. It was the first thing you said to me. <laughs> that doesn't. I'm laughing because I can't remember if that's true or not, and it really could be. <laughs> no, it's not. I think I. To be honest with you, I. I, I think I would. First thing I did was start bamboozle you with my my complete discombobulation and anxiety. So that's fine. That's most of yeah, what I do, you. like all the time. Yeah, I'm going to say it's what you get from me as well. So yeah, I'm not much fun to meet in the real world. Aww. I bumble a lot. No, I thought you were fantabulous. I was very nervous oh, that weekend, nice and you, you made me feel at ease. Good. I was shitting bricks to be honest. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I won't say how I coped with it, but I got through. I think we did pretty well, to be fair. Yeah. I think for, it was fun. for those who don't have a fucking clue what we're on about, uh, we're on about the mm. Southampton Superpod 36 hour yeah. podcast extravaganza at which I talked far too much. I like just elbowed my way into like everybody's shows. <laughs> oh, you're a superstar though. Well, the thing is, I was on my Todd for the most part, so I would have mm. been quite bored. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just do a podcast. That's, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, and you know, the problem is Nick and I live in Southampton, weren't being very helpful. So I think we were both, I'll be honest with you, I was definitely having a mental health weekend mm-hmm. where I, I wasn't very comfortable being out of the house, was extremely anxious about doing doing the podcast. So it's sort of like it's all I could do to just rush home at the first opportunity I got and hide. Sort of. oh. Yeah, so, so it was a bit much really. It's like, well, you come down from Birmingham, and you do all of the shows, and the two lads that you know that live here, we piss off on. <laughs> I did get to hang around with Nick and his kids, though, at one point. One of his, ki- one of his kids had a tantrum until I put him on my shoulders. I was, I was like, I don't normally do this, so I hope I don't drop you. Uh, <laughs> it's true, scary though, moment. that the apple never falls. The apple don't fall far from the tree, because Nick's like that with me. If he has a tantrum, I put him on my shoulders, and he's right as right. <laughs> I can just imagine him sitting on your shoulders and giggling. Oh, it fit. <laughs> This is so, like, nobody knows what we're talking about, so we should ah, but that's probably fine. talk about Hey, so Channel Zero is good. You should watch that. Have you guys been watching anything yes. spooky or exciting? Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, in terms of spooky, um, I'm keeping up with American Horror Story, mm-hmm. uh, which is on its seventh season, oh, and uh, still two more to go. Can you believe it? Mm. Uh, and, and, and I'm all caught up with it, five episodes in, uh, which is a Cult. Have either of you uh, heard of this or any other season of American Horror Story? I'm, I'm aware of it. I've never watched it because it sounds scary. I watched uh, the first, I think, four episodes of the first series. And I don't think okay, any yeah. of it lived up to the pre-credit sequence of the first episode, which made me almost <laughs> do a poo in my pants. It was so scary. And then the rest of it was just like, oh, there's a man in my house and he's got a gimp mask on. I guess I'll have sex with him. What, what? And I was just like, no, I'm done. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> what what <laughs> was it set was it set in Downton Abbey oh. no there's a gimp I had sex with him what what 
Yeah, that's uh, that's my inherent Britishness poking through there. Um, <laughs> and the gimp suit. Ha ha! But I have heard that um, Billy Eichner is in either this series or the next series, and I kind of love him, and that's making me tempted to try and catch up. Well, I mean, the great thing with American Horror Story is that it is an anthology series. So if there's one uh, take on um, the, the horror genre that you don't like, then you can always just move along to another one and give that a try. I'd, I'd certainly say that um, all of the um, opening credit sequences are very well done and very creepy. Mm -hmm. uh, the shows themselves um, are often uh, a lot more pulpy than um, than those uh, opening sequences would uh, would have you uh, expect, um, and I think f for me, uh, especially with the first season of American Horror Story, I didn't quite get it. Yeah. Uh, and and in and in subsequent seasons, I, I think it was a lot more clear that it, it, it that it that it was it was mashing together and toying with various horror tropes, and it wasn't always taking itself all that seriously. Not saying that it's an out and out comedy, there are blackly comic streaks through it, yeah. but it's um it's playing with the genre and it's pulpy and, and I think that's how I would I, I I would probably describe it more than anything. The second season well, I mean honestly, I think the second and the, the, the third seasons are the ones that I've seen the least of because I think it wasn't really until the fourth season that I really started tuning into it. Mm -hmm. It was something that um uh, my girlfriend, life partner Jane, was watching, and um, I was kind of doing other stuff. I kind of just, I just thought, oh, this is a show that I can have on in the background because the danger with me is, is that if I, if if I end up being interested in every single thing that's being watched, I'll never get anything else done. And uh, what, what was the fourth one? He's having to think very carefully about this. Now. The fourth, the fourth one was. That was the carnival, um, and uh, I, I, from from uh, a few other people who um, have watched most of American Horror Story, they say that's their least favourite, mm -hmm. uh, probably because it is um, at, at points just it feels like a direct rip from Freaks, um, Top Browning's uh, film from. Christ knows when the twenties or thirties, um, but probably that it, it, that it was um, maybe a little bit too far fetched in, in in some respects. But I thought it was delicious, um, especially from a perspective of someone who saw HBO's um, series Carnival, which is all very much based in the the, the Dust Bowl and, and and the tail end of the of the. Um, kind of the, the touring carnival, the freak show. Yes, there we go, freak show. American <laughs> Horror Story, freak show, season four. And it also had, uh, this is this is great because I, 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 I'm in this frame of mind at the moment where I'll start talking about something and then I'll forget names of things and terms <laughs> and then I'm frantically rambling trying to catch them. Uh, but there is um, a, 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 a a pretty good turn, actually, for, uh, from Michael Chiklis in it, who uh, uh, appears um, a, a couple of episodes in. But also there is a uh, genuine, uh, no word of a lie, straight up, uh, very little person from India who um, appears as the character Martha Teet. Mm. Um, and she is about two foot tall. Uh, and she is the most adorable, um, very small person you'll ever see. And does so, so well in that season on uh, being adorable and cute and tugging on the heartstrings that it, it, it is incredibly memorable. Um, 
I don't want to spoil too much about that season. A lot of people don't like it, but, <laughs> but I'm very <laughs> warm to it. I think if, if, if honestly, if, if anyone was thinking about trying American Horror Story and they weren't maybe sure about jumping in at the first one, I would say five. I would say Hotel, because that's got a really nice uh, kind of post-punk 80s feel to a lot of its aesthetic and to, to its soundtrack. Uh, Lady Gaga's in it um, and is really good. And, they, and I think it's got a real nice mix of creepy, pulpy, and of uh, and and just kind of it's 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 look and feel and it's aesthetic really fit like and I'm going to say it the zeitgeist of the year in which it was made. Um, nice. None of that is cult, but that's just covering a bit of AHS. I think just to justify why it might be worth watching. Just off the uh, top of my head, Steve, I think the artist you're thinking of is uh, uh, Yoti Angie. Um, that's right. Uh, who uh, I'm pretty sure she was born uh, on December the sixteenth, nineteen ninety three. In uh, Nagpur in India, just just off the top of my head, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely not off the top of a Wikipedia. Uh, IMDb. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call your brain? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, you want to hear what I call my brain in my private moments? <laughs> Nothing nice. Oh dear. Nothing. I I feel like. With American Horror Story, I should give it a whirl again at some stage because I just think that first particular story wasn't sitting right with me. I got really cross with it because, like, for example, the bit there's a bit I can't remember if it was episode three or four, and I don't care about spoiling this because it's like a million years old. Where like a guy in a gimp suit like appears in this lady's house, and this is following the fact that several people have already broken into this house, so it's not a safe house and she just assumes it's her husband and porks him mm-hmm. and and he doesn't say anything to her the entire time but she just he's assumes not going to with and he's never done anything like this before from what we can tell but she's just like oh i guess my husband's feeling kinky today and that really just didn't sit right with me because if i was living in a house that got broken into a lot and a person in the gimp mask that Maybe I wasn't 100% sure whether or not it was my husband. I mean, I'm definitely not going to have sex with him. Like, that just seems like a really huge mistake. And then I just got cross with her. And then, because I was cross with her, I didn't really care if somebody killed her in her own house or not, which is kind of not the point, really, is it? <laughs> it's funny, though, isn't it, how different people can be? Because I'll only have uh, sex with strangers and gimp suits in my house. Mm-hmm. So, Do they break into your house particularly often? Oh, I insist on it. Oh, okay. I, yeah, but you know I mean, that's my that's my thing, isn't it? You know, <laughs> can't help I it. I don't understand gimp suits no. because they seem like they're a lot of they seem like a lot of effort for very little payoff. A lot of faff, <laughs> isn't it? It's a lot of faff. There's um, going to be a lot of talcum powder in, involved in that whole situation, yeah. surely. Well, to be fair, I'm a, again, I'm a larger man. I'm no stranger to talcum powder, but yeah, I, it's. <laughs> It's too too much for putting on a suit. My cat's yeah. trying to trying to scratch a hole in the door <laughs> to get out. I don't think he's going to do it, but I'll keep you updated of his progress. Oh, excellent! Is he? Is he maybe he's just reenacting scenes from the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> maybe. Do you know I've never seen that the old way through. I get bored. It's a it's a longer movie than it needs to be. I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, I haven't it, watched it for sad. a while. Oh, it's very sad, yeah. It's super sad. 
for some reason, I've told this story on the podcast before, but for some reason, uh, Rich and I went to see A Monster Calls earlier this year because we mm. thought it was a fun romp with, <laughs> uh, you know, where, what's his face? What's that? Oh, God, that really famous guy who's in Take and whose name I can't remember. What, Liam Neeson? That's the one. Oh! He plays like a big talking tree. And we were like, oh, this is going to be like a fun family fantasy thing no it's about a kid trying to deal with depression as his mum is dying of cancer and i was just like oh for fuck's sake oh, <laughs> i cried a, so hard that's a lot going on isn't it oh man I mean, now oh. was this was this the i've got to ask you because i'm interested in this sort of thing was his depression mm-hmm. causal uh because his mother was dying of cancer or did he have like a a, a clinical i was going to say a proper clinical that's awful can't say proper. <laughs> you can't diminish someone else's <laughs> depression, can you? Did he? Um, you know, I only really, I only really have any time for the people with a clinical depression. Did he have clinical depression, or was it situational? I mean, it it wasn't really ever sort of fully explained because you no. only see him during the situation in which his mom is basically slowly dying. But it seems like it's situational based on the fact that. Um, I feel like I'm spoiling this for you both now, but I imagine you're probably not going to watch it because it's mega sad. I'm never going to watch this. Yeah, I'm never going to watch this. Okay. Well, basically, he starts suffering from depression because he keeps having this recurring dream where he needs to rescue his mom from like a falling precipice or something, and he doesn't do it. And mm. and he admits that it's because he wishes she'd just die already because it would be easier for them both. That sounds <laughs> like that sounds like a classic anxiety it. dream, doesn't it? I mean, it's just one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. And and the the adverts did nothing to tell me that that's what it was about. It was just like, hey, look at Liam Neeson, he's a tree. And I was like, cool, I'll have a bit of that. Brilliant. So, oh, that, that'll be a comedy then. Oh, well done. I was thinking, oh. oh, that'll be a bit of lovely twee. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's all about death and sadness and anxiety and, and, and ugh. Yeah. But anyway, you guys do some talking about some pop culture because I have waffled. <laughs> I'll finish up on um, uh, American Horror Story Cult. It's uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's it's five episodes in uh, uh, six episodes actually in over here at the moment with um, another episode uh, due to come up by the end of the week on Fox. Mm-hmm. It had a bit of a rocky start. I think I found the last couple of American Horror Stories. I mean, they tend to have a bit of a slow burn. They they, they follow a pattern where they spend about um almost almost half of its episode length kind of doing a lot of setup and then it kind of hits fever pitch for the second half but i i i just i felt like some of some of the um some of the suspense it was trying to build up and then the reveals which have happened in the last two or three episodes have probably i wouldn't say uh outstayed their welcome but it it probably out of all of the seasons this one was really testing my patience I think probably by the the, the, the third or, or, or fourth um, episode, I was thinking, "Oh right, I get it. I can I can see the themes kind of building." It, it's not going to spoil it really to say that um, it is based in modern day America around the time that uh, Trump was elected to become the president of the United States of America. A real thing that is actually still happening as we speak. It's a real life American horror story, Steve. Oh, no, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it's kind of it's it's based around um, a cult taken from the position where there is a dissatisfied populace, and there are two ways of dealing with their dissatisfaction. Number one, 
is to look at things very rationally and very carefully and see that actually there are many different ways that we could work together and mm. solve our problems. And there is another which is saying, actually, the answer is very simple. It's not your fault. It's someone else's. Follow me. And so it's kind of it. it, it you can see how it's taking uh, the political landscape that we're all struggling to figure out for the moment and then turning that into a bit of a horror story. You've got a strange cultish leader. You've got a, a, a clique of what would seem like very normal suburban people kind of being led into something which would seem uh, pretty nonsensical to anyone with their head screwed on. But, you know, if, if, if you feel disaffected or something's upset you, you might be looking in the wrong places for answers. And that um, is kind of where uh, cult seems to be going at the moment. Um, but just to throw in a little bit of extra fun, scary clowns. Oh. No, I'm out. <laughs> I'm 100% out. Scary clowns. Um, are a, 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 a large uh, figure in this cult. It's uh, it's the imagery to get people scared. Um, a lot of it, um, a lot of it, uh, to do with um, increasing the success of the of the cult and its influence is to scare people. And to do that, you dress up in clowns and you do scary, murdery things to people. Yeah, all clowns um, are scary though. There's no such thing as a scary clown. There are clowns, and all clowns are scary. Yes. Uh, yeah. How they scare you and, 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 the, and the basis of whatever trauma mm. can be very, very different. Yeah. But the overall effect is, fuck no, get away. Uh, so, yeah, a, 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 a rocky start, but um, I, I think I, I was getting it by the third, fourth episode. And I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. It took a while to get there because the first couple of episodes are largely driven by Sarah Paulson's character, Ali, being um, – Sarah Paulson, by the way – has been an absolutely solid performer throughout the entire run of seasons so far. And she's been um, utterly hysterical because she has a fear of clowns. Um, and mm. no one else can see them, but she's been seeing them. Why is that? Uh, so there's, um, there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a, a lot of that going on. Very, I say very real. It's not that real because, uh, A, it's a drama, mm. uh, and B, she's acting. But it's quite a raw performance of someone having a breakdown. Mm. Um, I found myself actually a bit affected by it uh, watching the, the first episode thinking, crikey, that's really quite hard going mm. and also has been almost the entire running time of the episode. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, um, I think that's probably part of the reason why I just felt like, oh, I don't know about this because it was so heavy on that at the beginning mm. that you wonder, well, is this going to be the entire run? Just like someone being absolutely hysterical the entire time. Um, I, I can uh, I, I can um, uh, rest any um, discomforted minds that no, that's not the entire run. It does go somewhere. But yeah, that was probably probably another thing at the beginning that was just a little bit hard to handle. Am I selling this? I don't know. Not no. to me, certainly not. <laughs> yeah, as I said, clowns. I was done. I'm not watching 60 yeah. minutes of someone having a full mental breakdown when I've got bloody mirrors in my house. <laughs> Uh, I am. Um, I've seen it this year, which is my quotient for terrifying clown oh, action. So that'll do. That's the end of that. <laughs> Pardon me. Wow, that's like good. I hope you keep that in. Yeah, I like. Probably that. will do. Probably will do. I've never seen it, but did you know Supernatural's been on for thirteen seasons? What can they still have to say after thirteen seasons? <laughs> I don't think they had much to say after like two or three, did they? <laughs> I don't know. I only really found out about it because William Shatner was arguing with someone on Twitter last night. He's always arguing with someone on Twitter. <laughs> He's a sod, isn't he? 
He's a complete sod. He tickles me, I mean, but he's a sod. Yeah, I don't know how I would behave as a, a famous person on the Twitters. Um, I'd like to think that I'd be the kind of person who'd respond to everybody who was nice and ignore all the shitters. But mm. I think, actually, I think that's the problem, is that you you tend to ignore all the ones who are being nice because you want to have an argument with the ones who are shitters. Yeah, um, see, it depends what drives you. I would be spending all of my time trying to make the, the shitters like me because all I really want to do is be loved, Stacey. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't like me. Why don't you love me? Let's talk about why you don't love me. I'm going to tell you I'm worse than you think I am. Do you love me now? <laughs> That's definitely going to help. That'll definitely yeah. sell people. Yeah, yeah, no, it always works for me. <laughs> oh, James. What? I want to give you a cuddle, but you're not here. No, I'm not. And to be fair, Stacey, you want me to give me a cuddle? I haven't got a bra on. Well, neither have I, I'm, and I'm also quite sweaty, so it could be well, uh, a bit of a slippery situation. Well, I just um, Actually, I had a shower before Steve came over, because I thought, Steve sits relatively close to me on the <laughs> record. It's not really fair. I've got a day on me. I should wash it off a bit, really. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I have not had a shower, but I should have, because we basically our boiler sort of... <sighs> It just died. Maybe it was the ghost of our boiler that, that was throwing things around the kitchen. Um, but we're, we're getting a new one tomorrow, and they said, oh, can you make sure that this particular corner of the room in the room above this one is clear in case we need to, like, I don't know, poke around in the floor for pipes and that. And uh, that particular corner of our spare room above the boiler is uh, the what I affectionately call the shit corner, which is yeah. the corner where we just have a really, really huge, heavy shelving unit just covered in stuff that we haven't sorted out since we moved in six years ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's just been sitting there. Uh, yeah, so we just sorted um, – well, I say sorted it out. I mean, we just moved it to a different part of the room so that he can <laughs> get to that corner. But I am yep. legitimately covered in dust, <laughs> like head to toe, drowned in dust. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. The only reason I had a shower is I, I went and bought some antibacterial soap today and I wanted to try it out. Oh, was it good? Thumbs up? Lemony. Lemony. Nice. And it's um, it's not, I tell you what, it's not imperial leather. It uh, leaves your fin a little bit dry afterwards. But, you know, if it does what I want it to do um, uh, and stops it falling off, then that's all I care about. <laughs> I'm not going to ask any further questions about that. Um, what about some pop culture, eh, James? What have you been putting your eyes upon? I'm recently? obsessed by I'm obsessed by Porgs. Um, <laughs> I, I've decided I don't care how good the new Star Wars film is. I want to live in a ball pit full of Porgs and just <laughs> die there. That's that's all I want. I I think people have been criticising the Porgs. I think they're the most adorable thing I've ever seen. In my life, they've got big eyes, they're pleasingly plump, and they go, Nyeh! what is not the love about Porgs? What's wrong with people? Oh, it's cynical marketing. Fucking Star Wars, of course it's cynical marketing. It's the biggest marketing juggernaut in the universe. But at least it's mm. nice to look at. So, yeah, Porgs. I love Porgs. Can't wait to see how the Porg-Chewbacca relationship pans out in the new film, I'll be honest with you. That's the main thing I'm looking for. I don't really give a monkeys about the Jedi's and stuff. It's just Chewbacca and the Pork. Do they get it on? Do they create a Pork Wookiee hybrid? Ooh. What would that look like? Or would it be so horribly mutated it would it would it would die? 
I mean, who knows? But, but we'll find out, won't we? I look forward to the standalone film in yeah. 2022, all about that story, in fact. Yeah, I'll go and see it. I yeah. don't care. The entire what? thing will just yeah. be noises. There won't be any yeah. actual uh, English language script whatsoever. Mm. It'll just be... And, and that'll be the film. I tell you what, right, if you if you took a film of a dog in the 1980s taking a shit, I'd sit there. I'd, I'd, I'd sit there and watch it turn into chalk. If you if you said it was Star Wars, my just, God! Imagine if that was Digby. Oh, oh, the, the biggest turd in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. Yes, I love them. I love porks. Um, I'm going to buy some porks. Uh, there's going to be porks in my house. I'm looking for Star Wars episode pork. <laughs> Do you like porgs? I mean, I don't really know how I feel about porgs. I am oh, one of those cool. rare weirdos who enjoyed the Ewoks, so oh, I, I feel like Ewoks. I probably will enjoy porgs. Yeah, I think I the Ewoks, Ewoks are adorable and really helpful, and yeah. did I mention adorable and fluffy, and I want to rub them on my face because they're yeah. so cute. So cute. Although, and, I remember... Um, yeah. Sorry, no, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, like, the porgs make me feel fairly similar. But it's going to be one of those mm. things where I I always have to be slightly careful because what if it turns out when we actually go and see this movie that, like, I don't know, porgs are, like, evil little bastard people who, uh, like, sneak into the rebel base by being cute and adorable and then foil mm. all their plans and we've all been going, yeah, porgs. Yeah, even better. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't stop them being cute to me. Well, no, they care. are they still could, very cute. They could be, like, literally, like, Satan's dookies for all I care. <laughs> I think they are absolutely lovely, and I intend to have many of them. You say about Ewoks. I remember when I was a kid, right, and Return of the Jedi came out, and uh, the Ewoks came out, the Ewok Ewok toys. And mm-hmm. um, I was uh, I was a terrible chewer of things when I was younger. Uh, if it if it was soft and chewable, I, I'd chew it. I had a bit of a problem. I tell you, thinking back on it now, I probably chewed into destruction thousands of pounds worth of Star Wars toys <laughs> as they're valued now. Like I had a vinyl um, cape Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I chewed it. It's, it's worth tons now. Like the original, <laughs> the original Luke with the slidey, the slidey lightsaber. Ah. Oh. What an idiot chewer! But I remember, I remember there, there was this like this playground rumor that the Ewok chief was like made out of like really highly toxic plastic, and just having a bit of a panic because I'd already had a nibble and um, convinced <laughs> on the story. I'm not, I'm not convinced they'd make the Star Wars toys out of exceptionally toxic plastic now, though. Looking back on it, although you know it's the 80s, things were different, then, weren't they? So who knows? I'm not sure that aside was worth it. I'm sorry, Stacey. <laughs> It won't happen again, I can assure you. It's fine. I am. Um, I've I've been a, a terrible hosting person today because um, my prep for this episode was to watch one episode of Seinfeld and hope that that would work. And uh, we haven't even <laughs> we haven't even talked about that particular episode of Seinfeld. So um, I can't know. Steve hasn't seen it, and I, know. Not, I can't. I, I should can't have... spoil that for Steve because it no, would not be good. fair. I'm going to toddle off to another room for 10 minutes. No, you're right. <laughs> no, no, I would never do that to you. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's things we can talk about that we all watch, or at least two of us watch, uh, she says optimistically, throwing the oh, ball challenge. into your it court. Challenge. Stacey, can I ask you a question? Ooh. And can I ask it in Can I ask it in the, um, in the style of Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> I might, I'll tell you yeah, what, I'll do, my, I'll do my Jerry Seinfeld impression yeah, I do in the show for you. Oh! Stacey, uh, what's the deal with Rick and Morty fandom? 
why is he a swanky British guy now? That's exactly how he talks. Yeah, What's the him? deal with these peanuts on my airline trips? What's the <laughs> deal, Stacey, with Rick and Morty fandom? <laughs> it was even better the second time when you rolled your Thank arm, you. Rick. <laughs> oh, I do like rolling. I do like rolling my R's. It's my favourite thing about reading stories to my daughter is I sit there and I roll my R's the whole time. I love it. What's going on? What's going on? Why are people? Why are people losing their uh, their their uh, shit over teriyaki uh, Szechuan sauce? Oh, mate, we've all gone mad for sauce, have we? Now, yeah. here's the thing, right? Here's the, the the slightly irritating thing is that I do really want to try that sauce. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I can't lie. I want to try it because it's been hyped yeah. up now, and I need to know. Um, yeah. but I don't think I would like punch other people over it, or you know, no. have a cry if I went to McDonald's no. and they were like. Sorry, we haven't got any of this, any of this sauce. Um, I don't really know what happened. Like, I think <laughs> what I like to think, because it makes me feel better about people being weird, is that mm. perhaps it was just one of those situations where people were like, hey, guess what? The world is shit right now, but Rick and Morty makes me happy, and now yeah. I'm going to get to be sort of vicariously a part of the show because mm. I'll have had mm-hmm. this sauce and my life will be better. And then they turned up and the sauce wasn't there because McDonald's are divs, and they took leave of their senses momentarily. And uh, were twats, um, but the I mean the, pr- the 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 more likely explanation is they were probably twats to begin with. Oh, almost <laughs> certainly, <laughs> almost certainly. That and to be fair, McDonald's gave it all to Justin Roiland, didn't they? Because he got that big he got that big jug of it, didn't he? It was like a gallon, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Why aren't they at Justin yeah, yeah. Roiland's house trying to have some of his Cheswan sauce? That's right. I've entered three to go separate competitions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I um, there's a there's a there's currently a competition slash charity thing running on Omaze where you can win um, uh, you can win the chance to go to America and record a commentary track with Justin and Dan for one of the episodes for Series Three's DVD uh, Ooh, over wow. nuggets and Szechuan sauce. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm <laughs> nice. definitely put, throwing my hat into that ring," even though I know for a fact that I won't win. Um, and also, if I did win, I probably wouldn't say any words because ah. <laughs> but but I had to I because I really want to try this sauce. <laughs> I don't know about you, Stacey. The thing, the problem I've got with that is I like Dan Harmon enough to know that I never want to meet him. <laughs> yeah, because I I love him. He he could so easily become a cult leader. It would take no effort on his part <laughs> whatsoever. I don't want to meet him because I like the guy so much, and yeah. I just no, know. I... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I would um, behave because I. You know this, I'm a nervous person, very anxious mm-hmm. person, and I'm definitely not very good at meeting new people. Uh, I'm even worse at meeting new people that happen to be people I admire or think a lot of. A, a prime example of this is the time that uh, I met Mike Mignola at a Comic Con. Um, mm-hmm. I love Hellboy and I like BPRD and all the other Hellboy related shiz and I took a book and I walked up to his table and he went hi and I went (laughs) (laughs) and handed him my book and he said oh who shall I make it out to and I went and he went is that that Stacey I was like yeah and then he handed me my book back and I left and uh, I was mortified so I don't like, and I feel like Mike Mignola, as fantastic as he is, isn't he? Isn't as high up in my brain's hierarchy of awesome, important people 
uh, as Dan or Justin at all. So I cannot imagine what an absolute state I would be in if I met either of them at the same time and then tried to be funny for a commentary track because that's another level of pressure. Like nobody wants to hear a stranger talk about uh, an episode of a TV show on a commentary. They want to hear the people who made the episode or did the voices talking about you know, awesome stuff. And then there's just I'm me going, <laughs> Terry Ford's really funny. I'm sorry, I've got, I've got to bring you up on that, Stacey. I don't agree. I think what people want when they listen to a commentary is um, they, want the, they want the subject matter to be at least 20, 25 years old. And they want the two <laughs> people doing the commentary to have had no involvement in, in it whatsoever <laughs> and have very limited insight into it. And I think that's what people are looking for. From a, a commentary track, hello, hello, newmanpod.com. Available on iTunes. It's the kind of content that people are streaming for. Absolutely. Five stars. I do keep Sorry. thinking about doing a Rick and Morty podcast, but I, like, I do, I've do, got too many podcasts, man. That's too much editing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the people, I, you know, I wouldn't want to put me head over the parapet without a fandom either. The, the yeah. Pe- yeah, people pe- be vicious. Yeah, I mean, hmm, I guess because I've been uh, I've been doing reviews of every episode of series three, and yeah. I am way behind <laughs> uh, for the Geek Syndicate website, and I haven't encountered yeah. any particular arseholery at the moment. But I don't know whether that's because only people I know and like are looking at it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Do, do Geek Syndicate not attract generally a, a, a reasonably nice sort of person as well? I, Geek yeah. Syndicate's always been quite, as, as a brand, it's it's a very friendly space, I've always found. Inclusive spot. Yeah, um, mm. that's true. Also, I don't know that I have particularly controversial thoughts about Rick and Morty. There's that one episode that everybody loved that I just thought was all right, and now everybody hates me. Um. <laughs> which one was that? What, what, which one? Are you, are you up to date on Series 3? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Uh, it was the uh, Tales of the Citadel episode. Now... Well, no, Everybody that was just all right. The uh, the grizzled the grizzled cop Morty, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. I um mm, the problem with yeah. that for me, and it was my fault, not the it wasn't the episode's fault. It was uh, it was the mm. fact that it was riffing on a lot of pop culture properties that I have no experience of, such as sure. um, Training Day and Stand by Me and other. That there was like a lot of sort of like dystopian political business going on in there from like mm. books and stuff that I've never read. So I was just like, hey, this was all right had a, a wicked amazing ending but other than that i was just like ha, it's, it's all right and uh, so many people have been my heads off because they're like stace that was the best episode of rick and morty that ever existed and you're a massive silly <laughs> so, well, no, well, it wasn't it wasn't the best episode it wasn't the best episode of that of that series to be honest with you so that's not Ooh, that's i'm intrigued I, I i have i have to say um uh, a Rick and Morty actually has given me one of my favourite family experiences of recent years, where mm-hmm. we went out. Um, we went out for my mother-in-law's birthday, and I got to sit at a table with my fifteen-year-old nephew, and we just shouted "Pickle Rick" at each other, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. That was a nice bonding, nice bonding moment with with after family going. What the fuck are they going on about? I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, unfortunately, most of my family don't watch Rick and Morty, despite the fact that I keep telling them they should. Um, mm. They're terrible people. So yeah. uh... <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I, I, I don't need to talk to people about it. I love it, but I don't feel the need to. It's, it is great. I'm really glad it exists. I'm, 
pretty much glad everything that Dan Armand's involved in exists. Mm. But I, I, I find it hard to um, tub thump for him. You know, it's like, yeah, he's 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 great, but I, he can talk for himself better than I can. <laughs> oh yeah, he's an incredibly uh, eloquent man for the he's most part. He's loquacious. It's what he is. <laughs> I'm just realising how long we've been uh, a waffling. Mm. Is there anything else uh, particularly pertinent you would like to talk about before we do a skadoosh? I'll tell you what, can I list? Let me list. Go ahead. The, these are the things, listener, that you could have heard me talk about, <laughs> could have heard me talk about at short. Uh, Narcos, the new Star Trek, love it. Uh, Earwolf, uh, 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 Matt Besser's stolen idea is uh, a three-part if you listen to uh, Earwolf podcast, you will have heard it trailed. But um, Stolen Idea is a three-part punk rock musical written by Matt, Matt Besser and someone else. Um, if, you, if you've got Stitcher or you've got the access to the Earwolf thing, I really recommend it because it's bloody brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, uh, uh, Porgs. Uh, Toast of London, I was going to talk about how I've liked, uh, how I've liked um, Matt Berry longer than you lot and uh, Big Mouth. <laughs> which is the new animated series by Nick Kroll uh, and others on Netflix. So those are the things you could have heard me talk about. Well, I kind of want you to talk a bit about Big Mouth, like, more than that, because I mm-hmm. have only two people that I know are watching this, and one of them mm. was like, everybody stop creating anything else, this is the best thing ever, you're never going to top it. The yeah. other person was like, wow, this is shit. So I... Oh, it's <laughs> not a I'm intrigued it's not, it's to not... see what you think. <laughs> It's not shit, um, and it's got, you know, uh, what sold it for me is it's got Nick Kroll and Jason Manzoukas provide voices on it, and I, I am oh, I really them. horribly obsessed by Earwolf's output. Me so, um, you know, com- comedy bang bang and the like. So having having two of the funniest uh, the funniest guys that appear on comedy bang bang on it. But no, it's, it's, it's rude, it's touching, it's irreverent. Um, I, I really liked it. Man, the first episode has a sequence where, um, like, a 13, 14-year-old boy is playing basketball with uh, giant penises. So I don't see how you can possibly go wrong. It's um, it's a kind of um, uh, a brutally honest and funny take on uh, puberty. And it's it's interesting in so much as I don't know that there's many adult um, adult cartoons that really deal with puberty as a, a a subject in the raw, in the in the way that they are. You know, it's not they're not sort of um, I don't know deifying the puberty. It's like the horrible sort of urgy messiness of it all. And I I I'm enjoying it a great deal. I'm only about three episodes in, mm-hmm. but I, what I've seen, I really really enjoy. And I know it was. Again, because I'm uh, an Earwolf fanboy, and I know it was a bit of a passion thing for Nick Kroll, I feel like I'm I'm inclined to like it because I like him as a as a, what I know of him as a human being. But I, I think it's well worth checking out. I like it. It's definitely not shit. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll give it a whirl because I do. I also love Nick Kroll and particularly Jason Manzoukas. I think he's wonderful. Oh yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, the Hainor man himself. I think um, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think I think you'll like it. Okay, I'll give it a whirl and I will report back. <laughs> Brilliant. I shall Excellent. wait with bated breath. <laughs> Steve, hello. hello. Uh, is there anything um, else you wanted to talk about? <clears throat> Very briefly, just returning um, uh, to the uh, Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce debacle. Yes. If 
uh, you are uh, so inclined to find out what that Szechuan sauce is like, I would highly recommend the YouTube channel Binging with Babish, uh, who um, only a few weeks ago had a crack at making Szechuan sauce. Mm. First by um, loosely following the ingredient list mm. on the uh, McDonald's description and then having a, a, a crack himself. His, his, his videos are, are very well made. Um, and the whole point uh, of Binging with Babish is uh, making amazing foodstuffs from movies and TV shows. Um, so there's always uh, something uh, fascinating to check out. Um, uh, just today, actually, he put up um, Michael Scott's uh, pretzel <laughs> with, uh, with, all, with all the toppings on it. So that was fun watching that. Um, but yes, the Szechuan sauce thing, if anyone does wish to try that and, and, and <laughs> can be bothered to put in the effort to uh, try making the sauce, um, there is evidence that you can do that available. Separate from that, uh, my word, um, I, 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 I finished watching the most recent series of Bojack Horseman uh, just a little over a week ago. I had a lot of love for that. Uh, yeah. And the second season of Preacher, I'm all caught up on. I, I, I just, uh, it's, it, it's, a, it's a very unique television program. Um, I'm not familiar with the, the comic at all. Boo, shame, um, shame. Well, you know, this, right, Hank, right, okay. <laughs> this is my life, right, in a nutshell, not seeing the things a lot of other people from my peer group and slightly above and slightly below have experienced. <laughs> Welcome to my world. How dare you not have had the same lived experience as me? of time in my 20s where the common response would be, what do you mean you haven't seen <laughs> thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so we can, we can add the reading of Preacher to that list. But the TV show is an awful lot of fun, and it has um, a surprising amount of British talent involved in it. And I... You know, and just seeing how well made that is and how, in my mind, successful it is. I mean, I don't know how well it's doing in terms of how it's being received or See, where now, it's being viewed or whatever, but... I checked out after episode two, um, and I uh, the first season, and I checked out because it's like, oh, this has diverged too far away from the comic for my right, liking. Right, okay. And I thought, whilst I appreciate that this is well made, um, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the characterisation, I enjoyed the performances, thought it, it seemed to be well scripted, I thought to myself, I'm just going to sit here for however long this lasts. No, well, there's not in the comic book, is it? It's like, well, that's, <laughs> what's the point? That's, who's, who's that helping? So rather than sit there grizzling about it, I thought, well, I'll let people who enjoy it enjoy it, and I'll go off and do the things I want to do. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that's um, uh, that's kind of it, I think, in terms of the pop culture stuff uh, on a television um, I did want to make a mention, um, maybe just a, a, a moment or two uh, of reflection on the end of Love Film by Post here in the UK. Mm. I don't know if anybody has any strong emotions about that, um, but Amazon uh, a couple of months ago had um, emailed out the uh, the stragglers, mm. the stubborn people such as myself who were still um, enjoying having um, rented discs sent to me in the post saying, yeah, uh, well, you know, we've got all this other great stuff that you can stream. And to be honest, we can't be bothered to post this stuff to you anymore. There aren't enough of you. So we're going to close mm. it down. Um, and because <laughs> that's really, what they sound like, it's apparently. It's really, <laughs> jerks. it's really hard to write in that tone of voice as well. <laughs> yeah. it is. Somehow they managed to do it in an email as well, mm. uh, where you don't even get the stroke of a pen and yeah. get across a particular attitude. Green ink. 
Um, but I, I, honestly, I'm a little bit upset because, yes, there are um, some great streaming services out there, and our headline mm. ones being uh, Netflix, of course, and Amazon Prime Video. Heard of both of those. Yeah, yeah, you may have, you may have heard of those indeed. Uh, but the, the, the problem that I think we, we are facing is that there are so many streaming options available. We've got the big two. We've got Now TV over here in the UK. There's Hulu in the States. Mm. Um, Amazon are doing this thing where there are a whole bunch of channels that you subscribe to for extra money and uh, basically siphoning off content in a way that you would have just been able to get it all in one subscription mm. uh, you know, like a year or so ago. And there are just some things that you can't get streaming, right? TV shows, uh, really old films, stuff like that. Um, and just knowing that someone had a warehouse of all of that stuff on DVD that they would send you in the post. There are so many things that I've been able to watch like that. You know, an old TV show. I was going through Homicide. I was watching the TV series Homicide. And there's no other way of watching that now unless I buy it. There's no streaming option uh, that I can find anyway, unless I have to sign up for another service, which quite frankly, I'm not prepared to do. Okay. I'm getting cross. (laughs) He is, and I'm getting a bit shifting. I'm really close to (laughs) it. <laughs> but, um, but but this is the landscape we're facing, isn't it? You know, if you want a bit of everything, instead of going, oh, there's going to be one or two big things that are dealing with it, like Disney, they're splitting off from Netflix and they're going to have their own service. That's going to be another ten quid a month you're going to have to face up to. Yeah, but the love the love film by posting mm. the, the the traditional Netflix idea yeah. way back in the day yeah. was that you could rent something, anything. They send mm. it to you, you'd watch it, you'd send it back, and there was just so much more choice mm. available to you. And you're going to have things gatekeepered, mm. gatekept. I'm trying to gatekeeper class participle of that <laughs> curated. Um, but uh, yes, you're going to have uh, in in the online world, scarcity is manufactured, right? Say, for example, Nintendo, the bastards, want <laughs> to uh, sell you a fashionable version of their mini console, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yeah, I'm up for that. It's only sixty quid." And then if you weren't in the right club and you didn't find out about it at the right time, you can't pre-order it. Three months later, it comes out. No fucker can buy it. Um, <laughs> and cross again. Um, but, but, I mean, that, they could have made as many as they wanted to, but they deliberately didn't because this is a hype thing. This isn't like their main product. This isn't the Switch. This isn't the 3DS, right? This is just like something for fun uh, just to... Make the balance sheet look nice, and this is this is kind of the 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 same thing with the streaming services. It's like every film could theoretically be available everywhere, but the but the way that you maximise the amount of money that you can make for streaming rights is to channel that into really tiny ways. And closing something like Love Film, which was really useful for finding things that weren't readily available on the big two, are now gone, and they may be either gone forever or you may be channeled into a different service. And I just feel a bit upset about that because. That's a thing that's not going to come back. Mm. I am. Um, I. 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 I think, and I love that. That was. That was exciting to me. But if you're listening to this, I'd go back. Right. Go back. Listen to that again after Google image searching. Simpsons. Old man shouts at cloud. <laughs> Literally, I am shouting at the cloud. Yeah. See, I feel bad that I don't have, uh, you know, some some more things to fuel that fire in you because I have no feelings either way about Love Film. We had, I think it was a free month or something because a friend referred us and um, mm-hmm. they sent us the wrong DVD and we sent it back and that was it that we never had. Uh, <laughs> we never had anything from them again. So, um, yeah, the thing about the streaming services 
Yeah, they did. Uh, the thing that about the streaming services that worries me is that I'm concerned that we'll get to a point in the future eventually where there'll be so many of them that we'll end up having like a Sky or a Virgin package for streaming yeah. things, which is also going to be mega expensive. And then you'll probably need that on top of your regular Sky package that does your usual, you know, your music channels or whatever. Um, and that's what bothers mm-hmm. me because I am a pauper. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, you're not... You know you, you two, you know what your problem is, don't you? What? Capitalism. Now, let me tell you all about... <laughs> I tell you, right, love film. I uh, I was never a part of it, but I do have um, uh, a copy of my mate's Robert Crumb documentary kicking about the flat somewhere that I never get back, never gave back to him. So I, I actually, uh, I guess I own a love film disc now. <laughs> Ah, on that uh, on that cheery note, hey guys, thank you for finally making it into the parlour. Cool, blimey, it's been oh, a it was bleep. effort. <laughs> oh, yeah, it really has. Sorry about that, but it's always a, a pleasure. We love you, Stacey. Oh, you thanks. are a gem, a podcasting gem, my lady. Oh, thank you. It's been ever so nice chatting with you because I feel like it's been yonks. It's definitely been yonks since I spoke yeah. to Steve. Uh, it's been mildly mm. less it yonks. Has, yeah. Yeah, because you've both been on the show before, haven't you? It's just dawned on me. Yeah. That, uh, I think I think this might be my third go. If I was any kind well of sensible host, I would be like, hey, go back and listen to episode this and also episode mm. that. But I'm not a, a clever <laughs> host and I did not mm. prep that I've, business, but I'm sure I've you got guys can. Memory, it might be 17. Hmm? I don't know what number it is for me. I think 17 was mine, yeah. I think. 17, it was an early one. The thing one, is, Stacey... It was. I am. I am. I'm like filled with so much self-loathing. I'm assuming no one listening to this is really ever going to want to hear my voice ever again. So <laughs> I'm not really bothered. You're not. You're not telling people. Steve, though. Steve's lovely. Go and listen to Steve. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find your podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, Hello Newman is um, uh, 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 another ten percent joint. And is available uh, on the other ten percent website, or has its own dedicated u- URL, uh, which is hello newman pod, or one word, uh, dot com. Uh, it's as easy as that. There's Facebook. There's a Facebook group as well. Uh, hello newman podcast. Uh, open parentheses. Uh, another podcast about Seinfeld. Close mm-hmm. parentheses. And uh, that's really that's me. So if you want to talk to me about Seinfeld. You can you can do it there on Facebooks. And the great thing about that is because I'm not on Facebook, you mm. can talk about any episode of Seinfeld oh, yeah, on I that d- page, and I will not know. And I and I do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will yeah. be spoiled. Yeah. Yay! Is there anything you would like to plug, Steve? Uh, sure. Why not? I'm, I, I've been doing. Uh, it started out as an experiment uh, a couple of months ago, uh, but I'm I'm enjoying it so much that I've been doing a few more. Uh, I'm doing a music show mm. on Mixcloud. Uh, called Brawl of Sound. Um, and I, as much as I like that name, I have to be very careful how I say it because sometimes um, I, mm. I mash my words together and sprawl doesn't sound particularly clear. I could have chosen a better name, but that's the one I'm sticking you to. You need to carefully enunciate, Enunciate Steve. all of my word. Mm. Uh, yes. So um, uh, uh, no buggers listening to it. In, in, in fact... Hey! Uh, <laughs> no, hang on. Hang on, it's coming. Uh, uh, my chief listener is uh, sitting across the table from Hello. Me. So thank you, James, for your support. I love it. It's brilliant. You should <laughs> listen to it. It really is genuinely brilliant. Um, it's 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 um it's tough because I'm trying to talk about it on Twitter a little bit, but it's like how do how do how do you sell 
um, uh, 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 an hour of someone you don't really know uh, and who isn't famous, just playing some songs and talking about them a little bit. It, you know, like, even with podcasting now, mm. like it's it's dry. It's, oh God, I'm going off on one. Hang on, I need to rein this in. Um, <laughs> but it's not about what the famous man. people do, and it's yeah. not about the homebrew people who who are just yeah. trying to uh, do it for the love and and, and share it out with. Um, and now, Steve, as as white men. We have to share it with other people as well, which is bollocks, isn't it? God, I don't know. If I tell you, I wish we were podcasting in Victorian times because we'd have it all our own way. Uh, that's right. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> I've done I've done a few shows up there. James um, really likes it. I love it. So that that, that is a, a, an independently verified approval that it's actually not that bad. Um, so I would very much like people to go to mixcloud.com forward slash steve bishop spelt s-t-double-e-v-b-i-s-h-o-p and there's some stuff for you to listen to how about it i've linked to it on the on the seinfeld facebook page oh that's very kind of you oh i shall give that a whirl i find music podcasts odd because if i don't sort of almost instantly agree with what somebody's saying i'm like you don't know anything about music and then i'll stop listening to it because i'm an asshole (laughs) (laughs) well treat it very treat it very much like a radio show steve Um, doesn't tell you what you should be thinking about the music. He offers up a really interesting eclectic playlist that's really, it's lightly interspersed with nice, non-preachy linking. I, you know, Steve's my buddy, but <laughs> I really like it. And I, I I don't like people choosing music for me, but uh, I really like the, the playlists he puts together. It's, it's good. It's eclectic. Thanks, James. That was a five well spent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> we live in a port town, Stacey. What can I yeah. say? It's, it's oh, the currency money. <laughs> um, well, if people want well, to get money. in touch with me. <laughs> Money's the currency, Andy. Oh, Sorry, Stacey. <laughs> I've, got, I've got lots of things to say. I'm going to have to get them like through really quick before people skip to the end and turn it off. You can do a tweet at me, at Stacey's Parlour. You can join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. You can leave me a review on iTunes. If you so wish, you could go to audioverseawards.net and vote for me as best actress in an ensemble production as the librarian in Reagan and Starburst, because that's the thing I got nominated for that I'm real surprised by. Um, (laughs) You do have to go and vote in every category, um, which means that what I did, and this is probably something I shouldn't announce on a podcast, but it's true, is uh, I nominated, I, I picked all the Raygun and Starburst things that were nominated, and then in any category that we weren't nominated, I picked the thing with the best name. <laughs> 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 because I'm a terrible human being who doesn't listen to other audio dramas. Um, but you can do that, and also... Big news. Um, there's going to be another live show next year, guys. Another 24-hour Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour doing a live show. Um, so keep your ears out for announcements of guests and that. I'm terrified. It's going to be in April this time, which means it's like, you know, and I'm scared. Um, but it's going to be good, I think. I'm going to I'm gonna pester some famous people to come and talk to me for money, for charity money. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. I think, I think that's everything. I'm going to like hang up and then be like, no, what about that other thing? Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a brain fart. So um, it's so nice to have you guys on the show again. And uh, I will see you lovely listeners next month. Ta-ra! Bye. Bye.